He's prompt, and he can snap a friend's <laughs> neck like a twig. It's Brent. <laughs> got a text. Oh, did I? Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, Brent. Uh, the aforementioned Brent just sent me a picture of, uh, I'm assuming like it's his armpit or something like that, but it, it's, it's suggested. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a picture that is meant to uh, to make other things um, appear. Damn, I can't even <laughs> speak now. Got me all fucked up. Resemble something else? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. You just have to stumble for 15 minutes, then we'll take a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, you already know I'm joining. For union rules, I got, yeah. a, I got a break coming up at the top of the hour. <laughs> Two 15s and a 30. You can't deny me. Well, see, now I wish I would have used this one for Brent. I think it's very selfish of him not to be dead. <laughs> Ski. Um, but uh, I had a couple other intros that would have worked out well. At this point, I would say that Brent could also be described as Scandinavian crap on a cracker. Uh, I could have introduced he is girls, girls, girls. He's man enough for all of you. <laughs> and either one of them could have been the vamp of Savannah. Nice. Uh, so today we are going to be going over uh, Season 7, Episode 19, yes. Journey to the Center of Attention, which yeah. I like that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. clever. Um, Ski's going to be doing our recap today. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, do you guys have anything before we start off the episode? I do not. Okay. I'm good for right now. All right. Well, I had a... I got some crap on the cracker for you. <laughs> well, I stumbled across some stuff that, um, you know, one thing we haven't had in a long time is any new reviews. Oh, yeah. We, do we get one? Well, sort of. Um, okay. I went out searching uh-huh. and found a couple of reviews, three reviews, actually, of uh-huh. ours from different websites. Normally, oh. iTunes is the primary place I've yeah. always looked for reviews. Yeah. But I found a few others. and uh, Okay. Um, you know, we're not just popular on iTunes. We're popular around the internet, apparently, nice. too. Um, so we had a couple. So you went to, like, the dark web to find this? <laughs> it's a bit dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, there's three reviews out here. Um, two of them are from a, a website called, I think, CastBox. Okay. I don't know what all they do or any leanings of it or anything of that nature, <laughs> but first Did one. you say cast or cats? Cast. C-A-S-T. Like podcast. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gotcha. Uh, the first one is a short and sweet, um, just one word, and I think it thoroughly describes our podcast. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> did, they, did they have a username? Uh, Brian. Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian, I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's not uh, my brother, is it? <laughs> not, not, not to my knowledge, but it's always possible. I'd like to thank Brian for saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now that podcast or that uh, review is from a year ago, so uh-huh. I don't know if he's still around listening or if he gave up on us after that one yuck. Was it associated with a season one episode twenty or a different episode? This was just more a general um, <laughs> review of the podcast. <laughs> I'd like to think he's a loyal listener. He's he's like, loyal. I'm eighty five hours in. All I can say is yuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this next one, this is this is a much more thorough review of our podcast. Uh-huh. Um, you boys, are, you boys are getting better with your humor about the Me Too culture. Although you have much more improvement to go, I don't care how much time you spend on your truly lack of sense of humor in your daily life. Wish you would spend more time on the Golden Girls episodes that you are reviewing. But you can call it. Uh, but can you call it reviewing when you're just trying to tear it down with the 2020 and ongoing woke goggles on? I won't even say that you're even the ninth-rate podcast rating. (laughs) At least the ninth-rate podcast will be remembered as bad podcasts. Your podcasts are in the 19th level, which will be remembered as the horrible podcast, if your podcast will be remembered at all. (laughs) I tell you what, I may have to replace Brian with this guy. (laughs) What's this one's name? Oh, this is Sarah. Sarah Welsh. Sarah Welsh. Okay. Okay. The funny thing is, too, is Sarah's not a fan, but it sounds like she listened to enough to knew that, know that we were improving with our yeah. woke comments or yeah. whatnot. Um, so I, I do appreciate the fact that she is listening and, you know, she took the time to, you know, mm-hmm. write out her thoughts and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that, you know, she made fun of us for being, you know, ninth or eighth. Yeah. I mean, that's a recurring bit that, you know, we should bring back. Exactly. Um, so I like that part. Yeah, I, I, my favorite sentence, well, other than, I guess my favorite is the part about the 19th rate oh, being yeah. remembered as a horrible <laughs> podcast. Um, I would, like the thing, I like the fact that she's like, if it will be remembered at all, because yeah. like, by who? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe by us, like, hey, yeah. remember we did that podcast when we were younger? Exactly. Like, a what? <laughs> well, I do have one more review. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> so what was the line about... Being remembered at all or whatever? So it says, uh, your podcasts are in the 19th level, which will be remembered as the horrible podcast, if your podcast will be remembered at all. Okay, listen. You know, I don't know much, okay? Mm-hmm. But I know that, you know, generations from now, people are still going to be talking about Bianca and Thomas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if AI has taught chem- us anything. Because exactly. of the chemistry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and their spot-on diagnosis of film. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, this uh, this last one that I... Uh, now, this one is much more recent. That one from Sarah was also about a year ago. Okay. And now, this one is from four weeks ago okay. from uh, Kim Rommelin. Same okay. website? Uh, no, this was from Audible. Um, Do you say Kim or Ken? Kim, K-I-M. Okay. I guess even saying it, even spelling it out, it's hard to tell, but Kim as Kimberly. Okay. Um, Welcome, Kimberly. Uh, but it said, I uh, just started binging. Nice. You guys crack me up. I Thank listen you. while I work and laugh so much. I'm on season two and just started listening Thursday. Oh. Um, I listened to this one by mistake out of order. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been a fan of Golden Girl since 1985. I've mm-hmm. listened to other podcasts, but you guys are nailing it. Thanks. Love this podcast and recommending it to everyone I know. Thank you, so Kim. In your face, Brian and Sarah. Some people <laughs> like our. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm definitely, you know, Kim's my favorite of the three. <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> I guess I'm going to give second place to Brian, mm. you know. 
Um, but it's Short close. And sweet. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, because you can't argue with yuck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't know. Like, he listened to one episode. It's like, oh, it could have been a yuck episode. Oh, sure, yeah. Because <laughs> in the first five episodes, yeah, it was Exactly. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I don't want to be, you know, dismissive towards Sarah's, you know, thoughts or opinions. Either. Yeah. I do appreciate that Sarah really took the time to yeah. think out about the ninth rate and, you know, yeah, where, where that's, we were. That's exactly. a, a good spoonful of honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, really the great is. thing about both Brian and Sarah's, uh, they can't give an actual rating out of like a, you know, stars or anything. They just are able to give mm-hmm. their, you know. Uh, Slice of cheesecake. <laughs> well, uh, they can just give us their review, their text review of us. Yeah. So it doesn't affect our 4.9 stars on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't impact the algorithm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we have not gotten an iTunes review in over a year, yeah. so. Um. I know, um, I know. you know, we originally had the negative review, you know, Betty deserves better. Right. We definitely agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another one that I know I took to heart right up front. Um, as far as what I'm going to take to heart from, you know, Brian's, I'm just going to try to be less yucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as what Sarah wants me to take to heart. Um, so she just wants me to be, I guess, less woke. Yeah. Less woke. Less woke. She, she feels like, I, I well, guess, that we are judging the show too much based on current day standards. Mm-hmm. But that said. I don't think, I think we're fair. You know, I, I think agree. it's one of those things that we point out, like, well, this wouldn't fly. Mm. I don't know that we necessarily no. penalize it, you know, because it's, you know. I disagree. We've definitely <clears throat> cut down on some of our ratings before because. Uh, uh, one or two jokes landed poorly, or a theme, uh, like just didn't sit well with us. Right. So, but, but I mean, I don't know. We are who we are, and we live in 2023. So we're gonna have the reaction or the feelings of it from living in 2023. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, that's I, a fair I, point. I mean, I can't review it as a nine-year-old anymore. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, I would say we definitely try to put things in perspective as far as context. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we recognize the fact that. Societal standards are certainly different now yeah. than they were back then, but I think our reactions are what they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I know there were people who, you know, like Hulu had removed the, um, you know, the blackface episode, right? And we were opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't think that was fair, you know. Yeah, and I think all of us would very much agree that while we may ding individual episodes for, you know, insensitivities and whatnot that wouldn't fly today, and that we don't agree with, all of us still consider to be one of the greatest sitcoms of all time um those foibles that are of the time that they had are not things that i would say overall impact our view of the series Mm -hmm. but if we're comparing individual episodes we're going to take those under you know our current lens yeah and i think it's one of those things that it's fair because i mean i think we you know we're complementary towards the times when they're ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. you know i think if we're going to do that then we also need to be you know, honest to be like, well, they were a little behind the curve on that one. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I I think that the 19th rate is probably an accurate description of where we belong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The horrible podcast that may not be remembered. (laughs) I mean, and I think yuck. I mean, that's a fair assessment as to where we belong as well. (laughs) I mean, it's a very niche audience that's going to be listening, you know, and that makes me appreciate, you know, Kim and, you know, Jennifer and Lisa and Mm -hmm. Numi and you know, oh, sure. CJ and everybody found us exactly, and who are still enjoying it or you know binging it or whatever. You know, uh, that's yeah. I kind of honestly, Sarah's depiction, I kind of dig. 
for yeah. for a certain group of people, we are indeed nailing it. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. that's the people that I you know care about continuing for. But I still appreciate the opinions of the people exactly. to which you know we're not uh, that we're yuck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've said many times. You know, we're not broadcasting this thing. It's we're narrow casting it. Yeah. Very very <laughs> narrow. <laughs> well, additionally, like I don't know about you guys, like. I guess if I were to go to a restaurant and get really bad food, if they messed up something, right, mm-hmm. I would probably contact the store and say, hey, this is what happened. I If I had real bad service, I might, like, write a negative review or something. Sure. I'm not one to get online to do much of that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. But if it was really bad, what, and I wanted to kind of – go ahead. What if the – what if you were getting really bad service as a result of the fact that, like, the wait staff was ocu- like was too busy, you know, with an unoccupied child at the other table? Oh, hard, hard to say. Yeah. Perhaps <laughs> 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 we'll never know. You know. Well, I mean, you, you kind of have to look at it as the... was she was she or he, for that matter, <laughs> you know, fed and taken care of, or was just being left alone? You know, were they abandoned per se? <laughs> Was that wait staff perhaps <laughs> flouting the punishment that that child was receiving <laughs> by being too attentive to the child? Exactly. You need to tell them it takes a village to raise this child. <laughs> I need you to be on board with what we're trying to do here. Zero stars. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I no, hijacked your diatribe. That was funny. But no, what I was saying is like, if, if it was really bad, maybe I'd be compelled to put a review. But if I was listening to something online, like... Uh, uh, I don't know, I guess YouTube and other mm-hmm. stuff are just, you know, chock full of bad reviews and such. Mm-hmm. But that was effort from mm-hmm. Sarah. Like, that, I mean, Brian had his yuck, which mm-hmm. pretty simple. Easy. Yeah. But she had, like, a good amount of text yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever be committed enough to say that much about something I disliked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why bother, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I guess twofold. You know, Brian's yuck, you know, I'll... I definitely, you know, I don't disagree with him or whatever, Mm -hmm. okay? But just to play devil's advocate for a moment, you know, perhaps the reason why he rated it yuck was because he thought we were going to be talking about movies like Sophie's Choice. Right. (laughs) You know? And so it's not what he had signed up for. And not enough Brianna, not enough Taylor. Exactly, yeah. Or whoever. Bianca and Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. He was was looking for something different, and he didn't Uh, find it, you know? mm. Maybe he wasn't, whatever, you know? That's fine. You know, as far as Sarah's criticisms go, you know, I'm sure there are other Golden Girls podcasts. I mean, she said we were 19th, right. so obviously she knows of better ones out there. Sure. So there's plenty of content out there for her, mm-hmm. you know. Well, we're we're not the one she needs, and I hope she finds the one that she's looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think you kind of tell that, you know, while we try to steer clear from politics, we definitely let things shine through a few times. I don't think we're in line with her view, worldview. <laughs> um, you know... Perhaps not. I mean, when you put the word woke in quotations, we're probably not in the same worldview. But, reviewing. Yeah. Uh, but Did she put yeah. quotes around reviewing? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we clearly review it every time. Right, yeah. We all have our own, like, like score. Mm-hmm. I really, do we review it? I mean, we recap it and we rate it. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, review would maybe be a little bit inaccurate, although... I say once you give the rating, that is, you know, in effect mm-hmm. a review. Yeah. So, and we do discuss it with our recap. We give our opinions as it goes. Yeah. So I'd say we kind of review and recap yeah. at the same time. I yeah. still think it's for anyone who listens to more than like 
really more than one, probably more than a few at least. Uh, it's obvious that the Golden Girls is just a, like a, the, the, the series is really just a pilot for what steers our rants and, and discussions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that, and I've said before, if we do something after this, it's going to be even less um, centered on any one specific thing <laughs> yeah. than this is, yeah. so, in my opinion. I, yeah. I know Brent has about 100 ideas of podcasts he'd like <laughs> to do based on the music he likes and other shows that he likes. <laughs> Maybe we could do like like food reviews and have it called Stouffer's Choice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do anything unless we get a, you know, Kim's buy-in. Yeah. Just because <laughs> she's a smart, smart lady who has good opinions, and I want her to weigh in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I give her opinion credence. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, well. Uh, thank he, you, Kim. Yeah, thank you, Kim. And, and again. Yeah, thank you, Sarah and Brian, for taking the time. I won't go with to thank, thank you is not, I don't feel like, the right word, but I appreciate them. I don't necessarily thank them for yeah. the reviews. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge your opinion. Yes, I acknowledge it, and I appreciate that you took the time. But I thank him for her kind words. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, and all three of you are eligible for stickers, as far yes. as I'm concerned. <laughs> by all means, if you Ex- want to stick them on something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like stick it on a 1938 car. I don't care. <laughs> how, how excited would you be if, let's say, you took a trip to New York or something? And you were in a subway oh. and saw one of our stickers up yeah. there with devil horns or whatever. Yeah. You know. Or just the word yuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dash Brian. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Brian Jones, Banksy. Yeah. Um, I was somewhere the other day um, and there was a dude in a Golden Girls t shirt. And I came yay close to be like, hey, uh, you ever listen to Golden Girls podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Um, but I was with, um, you know, my wife. Mm-hmm. So I did make sure I spoke like a little extra loud so he could hear my voice. Like, maybe he'll recognize <laughs> these dulcet tones. And <laughs> but would, would you be excited about that or a little creeped by that? No, <laughs> your sister is the only person who's ever come up to okay. me in public to mention the podcast. <laughs> and you were kind of creeped out by that, weren't you, even though you already knew her? <laughs> Startled by it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be a celebrity. <laughs> exactly. You got a stalker now. And you already had your dark glasses on and your hat pulled, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn it, I thought my anonymity wasn't going to be compromised. Yeah. Your false nose. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so Ski, you uh, ready to... Go on with Kick the recap. Yeah, we haven't talked about the episode at all, really, have we? No, not so far. Just about our, our many fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and jump in whenever you're ready. All right, yeah. I think this part we actually said. Season 7, episode 19. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, episode title was Journey to the Center of Attention. Mm-hmm. I think Good I time. already said about it. Yep, I like that title, too. Uh, air date, uh, yeah, original air date was February 22nd, 1992. Yes. And uh, this one was written by Jamie Wooten and Mark Cherry Ooh. and uh, directed by Lex Viserys. Oh, nice. Uh, we start in the living room. But Where who th- did the sound? No idea. Some people care enough to give us that information. Yeah, <laughs> some people do. <laughs> I believe I, Jeff Sparks did the transportation again. It's very possible. Very mm-hmm. possible. I am, uh, I am, uh, I am lacking. Uh, yeah. So. I apologize. No one disagrees. That. so we're in the living room Dorothy is settling down on the couch with a bowl of popcorn to watch 
Amazing Discoveries mm -hmm. uh, show in which a machine is shucking corn. She is uh, Dorothy is amazed by this discovery. Yeah, I I loved her line there. Go ahead. It was like, look at that. The thing shucks the corn off the cob. Just shucks it off. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that like that made sense to me. I was like, well, in a world in which you can be a baked potato opener king, mm -hmm. a corn shucker is obviously the next level of exactly, <laughs> yeah. home product. I always thought corn shucking though was just removing the stalk. I didn't know it was removing all the corn kernels. Hmm, I don't know. I thought it was just like the silk. Interesting. But she was saying it's, it shucks the corn right off. She made it sound like with her uh, verbiage, it, it sounded like it was like removing the kernels from the cob. Hmm. To me, at least, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. No, I mean the, the way she the way she stated it. Yeah, I agree. So, I guess we need to write into Lex. <laughs> There's a little foible I would, there. Uh, before doing that, though, I want to look up what shucking corn really is. <laughs> That's true. If we don't sure, look my, like assholes. <laughs> my, he says, look, sir, if you'll yeah. check you know, my Wikipedia page. <laughs> I've got two things to say to that, and I think we've talked about both of them previously, but we may have new listeners, yeah. um, like Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you go into the YouTube, there's a nice clip of Rachel Ray shucking corn. <laughs> it's, ah. it's um, then the other thing is... Um, Mitch Hedberg has a great thing about how, you know, corn on the cob, you know, you should just call that corn, and every other kind should be corn off the cob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that's accurate. Now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that Mitch Hedberg died. Correct. He's hilarious. I love his, I love yeah. his stand up. Yeah. Outside but, of Norm MacDonald and Dimitri Martin, he's up there. I like to think maybe <laughs> outside of them, he's up there. <laughs> yeah, like obviously Norm's number one, and then sure. I guess probably Mitch is number two, and then Dimitri Martin's number three. Okay. You know, as far as like my lifetime type comedians. Yeah, Bob Newhart's my lifetime, but I think you could make the argument that his stand up may have peaked <laughs> before yeah. my time, <laughs> a couple years before he got exactly. into it. Yeah, two or three. He was a sitcom star during my time. <laughs> I like to think that for whatever reason we care enough about shucking corn that we look up the definition, find out what it is. Like, whatever, uh, we'll say we use uh, Wikipedia, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just because we're not being real thorough. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, write into Lex Viserys somehow, and then he gets on Wikipedia and edits it to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to fit yeah. whatever definition he chooses. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're going to head down this path, I think we need to make it a new feature that we call Aw Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every... If we do that, we're going to have to definitely move that one into... Golden Palace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put that in the rotation for all yeah. our other new features. <laughs> I think, Brent, that on our last episode, you should have all the features <laughs> that you've ever introduced. I think <laughs> you so, should, too. You yeah. know, the Knits and yeah. Kibishas and all that kind of stuff. I've started thinking about what the new feature is for our last episode, and I think I've settled on it. Oh, have you? Yeah. So, our, like, when you say our last episode, do you mean our last episode that we were reviewing an episode or our literal last episode where we announced the final? Yeah, like our very last, you know, episode. Last hurrah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so. All right, well, so for what it's worth, shucking you know, the corn. I can tell you what it is and then oh, come up with a new one. Sure. Um, I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> like for our very, very last episode yeah. or whatever, a new feature, I was just going to call it Undercover Boss, uh. and then we're just going to announce to Ski that I was actually management the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to give them, you're going to fire them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been pretending to be a worker, be like you, but... <laughs> 
private conversations, I feel so betrayed. So will you reveal that you're actually the CEO? Yeah, and exactly. Ski and I vote one way on the final episode. You vote the other. You fire him and then override me. Exactly. 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 And Steve Landisberg gets the trophy. Right. <laughs> What'd you say? And Steve Landisberg gets the trophy. Oh, I, I was thinking for sure that... Uh, that puts uh, episode, season one, episode twenty. Back oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. It gets the it gets the award. Adults are being educated, right? <laughs> well, shucking the corn means removing the outer leaves. So yeah, that, that in the is, silk. Yeah, yeah. When she says that it shucks the corn, then really it's actually an ineffective machine because <laughs> it's taking the corn right off with the leaves. <laughs> exactly. Like if, if it's a grit making machine, yeah, like for grits. <laughs> Well, then maybe it's less of an amazing discovery than we think. Yeah. Still impressive, nonetheless, I guess. Maybe there are levels of shucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a deep shucker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a mother shucker, if you will. <laughs> All right, so Bland sees her friend uh, laying on the couch uh, for the evening and gets upset by this, telling her that she intends to take her out uh, you know, to her favorite dive, the Rusty Anchor. I wish you would have said, shut your mouth, and I would have said, but I'm talking about corn, and then Brent would have said he could dig it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. You said she was going to take her out. I thought Dorothy was going to have to start talking about the rabbits again. (laughs) Yeah. So she's going to take a rusty anchor, which has been... How can you yuck that joke? <laughs> exactly. That's a yum, if anything. Exactly. <laughs> I would love it if that was the next review we got. It's just yum. Yes. Yeah, whoever puts out yum, extra stickers. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to get on Signed. cast box and just put the Signed one, stickers. One, yeah. one word review of yum, <laughs> then we would... Greatly appreciate it. Exactly. You can even thumbs up the yuck yeah. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Send them mixed messages. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I state here that, you know, it's cool that Rusty Anchor has been mentioned previously in episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they're definitely, I, I would definitely give credit where it's due that, uh, uh, what's the word? Continuity. Continuity, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Has definitely improved drastically oh, over yeah. the last. Oh yeah, a lot of nice little callbacks here and there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so Dorothy argues that uh, she's uncomfortable with strangers, but Blanche reminds her that you know they are equally uncomfortable with her. Uh, Blanche adds that uh, she believes Dorothy's awkwardness in groups may stem from uh, low self-esteem. She shares a self-affirmation uh, in which she says her name and lists three things that she likes about herself: "I'm Blanche Devereaux. I'm beautiful." Men find me desirable, and people want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Dorothy uh, tries to repeat the same three lines, and then Blanche laughs believes, and believes that uh, her friend was confused that uh, she wanted to have three items that were that pertain to her, mm-hmm. right? Uh, she attempts to help by offering the following. I'm Dorothy's Bornack. I'm a good speller. I'm very prompt. And then she uh, fizzles out and says, well, yeah, there's no rule that has to be three things. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy adds that uh, her third item is, I can snap a friend's neck uh, like a twig. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say it's a throwback to your opening, but really it's your opposite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I do think that the first two things were excellent descriptors of Brent. He is very good at spelling, and he is uh, very prompt. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he could nor have you would. Ever, have you ever attempted to snap a friend's neck like a twig? No, no. no? There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, I've never even seen Brent snap a twig. So. <laughs> um, we we have this bit, um, like when we're hiking with the kids or whatever, mm-hmm. um, if somebody will like step on a twig or something, um, I was like, my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old to me. <laughs> There's so many jokes that never get old to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche nods, uh, signaling that she uh, received the subtle message that Dorothy was sending out. Uh, do- the door opens, and Rose and Sophia enter, explaining that they had uh, just gotten back from Doug Kirkpatrick's uh, wake, and uh, they said the Irish really put on a good party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They say Doug's body was apparently put on display, uh, which uh, this wasn't even too bad until uh, one of the, uh, the relatives got drunk and took the body for a spin on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose does admit, though, that it was surprisingly touching. Uh, Blanche uses uh, this as a uh, segue, though, telling Dorothy that you know she should go ahead and get dressed and come with her to the bar. She points out that if someone is willing to dance with a corpse, surely there's someone willing to dance with her. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, change scene. Uh, We're arriving at the bar. We see a neon light and a porthole-shaped window uh, and a ship steering wheel uh, mounted on the front door. A very themey, appropriate uh, mm-hmm. look to it. Uh, Dorothy stop uh, stops Blanche, having second thoughts before entering the establishment. Uh, but Blanche promises to introduce Dorothy to her friends if she sees anyone there she knows. Right. They open the door though, and everyone turns and say in unison, "Blanche." Yeah, it's kind of like a Norm from Cheers kind Which of. Which is a exactly intro. what I just said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was my next line. Very, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, the bar seems to be filled with men. Like, I don't see a single woman, right? Right. Uh, she uh, chats them up with some small talk and then introduces Dorothy to a table with three guys, one of which was named Alan. Mm, yeah, that's right. Mm. <laughs> Although I don't think Alan actually speaks at all. He does not. So it's a shame. Uh, Lost opportunity for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and on the closed captioning, they spell A-L-A-N. So yeah. That's, uh, mm. The forbidden way, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. The wrong way. They misspelled his name. <laughs> Uh, Blanche heads to the back of the uh, bar, and uh, a train of older men follow behind her. Uh, only a single quiet man stays at the table. I think it was Alan. Mm. <laughs> uh, Dorothy talks to him, realizing that he is also uncomfortable, uh, just like she is. Uh, but he remains silent. She starts discussing how difficult it is to make a connection with people at a bar. Uh, in the middle of her sentence, though, he gets up and uh, walks over to sit at the bar away from her. <laughs> Before Dorothy can feel totally rejected, though, a man sits down at an adjacent piano and starts playing. Uh, he tells Dorothy that uh, he's not seen her there before. She explains to him that he's she's not much into the bar scene. He, uh, he says he can sympathize, saying that many people are uncomfortable at bars. Uh, at that exact moment, though, Blanche walks by in a conga line uh, with uh, many men behind her. Dorothy sarcastically says that, quote, she can see that, referring to... Uh, you know, being uncomfortable. Right. How many conga lines? Or okay, I guess let me name how many. Can both of you say definitively that you have been in a conga line at some point in your life? 
Uh, in your adult life. <clears throat> yeah, not in my adult life. I have not been in one. How about you, Steve? Think? <clears throat> I don't know. Adult life? I feel like at least one, like, because I've been on several cruises and they do stupid <laughs> crap like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, I can see myself just jumping in there at one point. So if you were Especially a, if my wife or daughter did it. I mean, do you think you'd be, though, even less inclined, you know, even as open-minded gentlemen to get into a <laughs> conga line where you're just uh, got your hands gripped around the waist of another dude? Yeah, that's why I don't go cruising like um, <laughs> Ski yeah. does, so I can't imagine I would. <laughs> Ski's the king of cruising. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just can't imagine I would join in a Congo line, like, under any circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem so unlikely, and I just feel like that would be the final nail in the coffin. That, yeah, you know. exactly. It's like, I'm just here for the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Conga line, Brent. Not Congo. Congo is what they do in the uh, middle of Africa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to speak stern. That was part of the bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he could see you welling up over there. So he <laughs> exactly. I apologize for the tongue lashing. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, she says that you know she can see the people being uncomfortable. Uh, just couldn't decide if I should play off the tongue lashing or just leave it be. As if he was cruising for that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like normally they thank him for the tongue lashing. Exactly. <laughs> <But> <laughs> If you're cruising, they almost expect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, bring your prophylactics, right? Mm-hmm. I hope you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't go swimming without your raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you, you know. Isn't that where the uh, what their the girls were going to do though when they had that condom bit? Yeah. Is they're all going on a cruise or something? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. what they were. So anyway, as the uh, man at the piano begins to play a tune, Dorothy kind of hums along. He turns and asks her if she sings. Mm-hmm. She bashfully says that, you know, making a fool of herself in public isn't something she's really down for. But then almost immediately relents and admits that she does like to sing. He offers a few uh, song ideas. She shoots him down at first, mm-hmm. but again quickly agrees to a song, even providing the key that she uh, likes her voice in. Did she say D-flat? Something uh, like that. I don't know what that means in this case. I'm yeah, not, I don't know I'm enough not, about that. Though. I'm not musically inclined enough to uh, know how that... No. Is that a high key or a low key, I'm guessing? I think it's um, one and a half steps lower than normal. Mm, okay. So her register is a bit lower than yeah, yeah. But uh, she begins to sing, What'll I Do? Uh, the bar quiets down and everyone begins to listen to her performance. Blanche notices this shift as well and looks uh, a bit upset by it immediately. She finishes the song and the entire bar applauds. A man uh, tells Blanche, your friend's pretty good. She replies, telling him that she's not wearing a bra, but he still turns from her and goes over to the piano to talk to Dorothy. Mm -hmm. So I guess the brawlessness was not enough of a draw. Right. Uh, We change the scene again. Just as a side note, um, the dude playing the piano player, Mm -hmm. that was a really, really good actor. Yeah. Like, way better than anybody else they ever really bring on for these little... Roles like yeah. that. I recognize him too. I mean, I don't remember what else I've seen him in. I didn't look so it up. I but. checked, and like, I don't think he was even, he may have been playing piano in real life. I don't know, but like, he only had a, you know, dozen so credits, and none of them were as a piano player or right. whatever. Um, just random stuff, but he was just a really, really good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was solid for sure. Uh, the next morning, Dorothy is in the kitchen when Blanche enters. Dorothy thanks Blanche for uh, taking her out to the bar and comments uh, that her friend hasn't really given any feedback on her performance from last night. 
Lance kind of similarly says that, uh, oh, that Diddy uh, croaked out. It yeah. was cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose and Sophia enter the kitchen and ask Dorothy if she wants to uh, attend a wake the following Friday. Dorothy tells them that, you know, those are depressing and that she's not really interested, but asks, you know, whose it is. Her mother states that it'll be hers, to which Dorothy immediately asks, what time? <laughs> yeah. Dorothy clarifies that Sophia is throwing her own wake uh, with food and drinks. Uh, the only difference is that she'll be alive, God willing. Yeah, I like <laughs> that, that little add-on. That was almost my favorite line of the uh, episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, This last part uh, perks Sophia's up, uh, ears up slightly. Sophia tells them that uh, Doug's wake, you know, at Doug's wake, people uh, got up and said very kind things about him, mm-hmm. uh, but you know he wasn't there to hear it all. Mm-hmm. She continues saying that uh, she'd love to hear how people, uh, friends and family, really feel about her, about her grace, her wit, and her inner beauty. Dorothy cautions her, though, that, you know, hey, Ma, writers cost money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dorothy dismisses the idea as silly, and she believes that her mother will be uh, around for years to come. Sophia, though, persists and says that she is going to throw the wake. Dorothy relents, but uh, says that, you know, she'll not be a part of it, nor will she be paying for it. Sophia immediately changes her tune, though, and asks if she can have a kitten instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose and Blanche tell her that uh, they'll pay for it and that, that they love her. Dorothy insists again that she won't be attending, and Rose suggests that they can even save money if she, uh, if she makes the hors d'oeuvres. Uh, Sophia sarcastically says, some wake, Scandinavian crap on a cracker. Mm. Uh, Rose's smile kind of drops, and Sophia corrects herself, saying, oh, I mean, thank you. Right. <laughs> Uh, we change scene again, and we're back at the rusty anchor. Blanche is sitting on the bar, and a crowd of men is kind of chanting her name. She pulls a cherry out of her mouth and hands it to a man. He quickly examines it and tells the group, yep, it's a bosun's not all right. Mm-hmm. They all cheer, which I looked up, bosun's not. That would be a hard thing to try and do with your tongue. <laughs> uh, Blanche takes another cherry and tells them that for her encore, She'll tie this cherry stem into the shape of the Star of David. Right. That would be impressive as well. (laughs) Uh, They cheer again until Dorothy enters. Uh, Immediately, their attention shifts to her again, and they tell her how glad they are to see her back. I do like that Blanche has a culturally diverse tongue. Uh (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's got a Benetton tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This causes Blanche to accidentally swallow the cherry stem and all. Uh, men, multiple men offer to buy a drink uh, for Dorothy, and she tells them that you know she's woman enough for all of them. Mm-hmm. She tells them that uh, she was headed to the laundromat and was passing by the bar, and you know decided to just stop in. Right. Uh, a man asks if she's spoken playing... like a true alcoholic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. A man asks if she's planning to sing for them again, and she tells them, "Oh no, I'm not prepared." But they keep insisting, and Blanche even pipes in and emphasizes. Hey, she says she's not prepared. Don't push her. Uh, then Dorothy pulls out a full, like full page sheet music out of her purse. Right. Blanche tries to kind of steal the attention back to herself, suggesting they all go on a conga line again. But the group follows Dorothy to the the piano. Uh, the man from the other night is ready and begins to play as Dorothy jumps right into the song, "Hard Hearted Hannah." Mm-hmm. Uh, the bartender notices that Blanche is upset and asks if she's okay. Blanche tells them, oh, no, I'm fine, but uh, I feel like I've died and gone to hell. Yeah, just one little thing. Yeah, Just one little thing. Do you guys have any feedback on those things? 
not thinking. Mm -hmm. At least about, for me, you covered all the things that I had noted as far as yeah. good lines and whatnot. This is about the, the halfway point at this point, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, change scene again. We're back at the house. Uh, Rose places a wreath uh, with Sophia's picture uh, there at the wake in the, the living room. A group of people are gathered and uh, all look very sullen. Right. Rose approaches the lady. Look sullen and or solemn? Sullen. Well, both. Okay. Solemn is... Solemnly sullen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in this context, I think they would be synonymous. In what, what? In this context, <laughs> I think they would be synonymous. Oh, gotcha. Right? Sullen or solemn. Mm -hmm. Just because you're kind of serious. Huh? Or serious and sad. Yeah. Anyway. I guess I always thought sullen was more angry. Really? I don't know. I thought sullen was kind of downtrodden and sad. Yeah, it could be like Yorish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see that, I guess. Mm -hmm. but, uh, Maybe I've been using it wrong. Well, I mean, it, in most cases, it would probably apply as well to whatever you're using it as. So mm -hmm. not, not completely wrong. Not like I could be wrong, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, you're probably both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if it was like sullen. A machine used to shut corn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Removing the kernels from the cob. Yeah. Okay. That's my line of the night right there. Right. <laughs> you should get a t-shirt. <laughs> Just like the definition. Yeah. I'll make a deal. Such an inside joke. <laughs> Anyone that uh, can point out the differences from uh, Brent's previous episode... I'll make a T-shirt and send it to him ah. <laughs> <laughs> with the definition of sullen. Right, <laughs> but your definition, right? The one right. that's made up. Yes. Sullen, uh, <laughs> an Eli Whitney contraption. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Rose. <laughs> I wish you had just said an Eli Whitney joint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rose approaches the lady and tells her that she noticed that she grabbed a few of her Ludafisk pups, puffs, but uh, has barely touched them. The woman politely but bluntly explains that, oh, she simply doesn't care for them. Mm -hmm. uh, hurt by this, Rose flashes back, telling the woman that her hat is ugly. Yeah. Rose then walks over to Blanche, uh, who comments that nobody looks to be having fun, that everyone's uh, supposed to be a party, right? Rose comments that maybe when Sophia makes her entrance, that'll uh, pep up the group a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Blanche sees a familiar face walk in and goes to greet her with a cheerful disposition or cheerful suggestion. Let's a smile be her umbrella. Say mm -hmm. what? She lets a smile be her umbrella. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, this lady named Myrtle, she asked her if <coughs> she would uh, mind entertaining the attendees with some of her uh, famous impressions. Mm -hmm. The woman then breaks down in tears and says, Oh, God. And Blanche assumes, oh, this must be your Jimmy Swaggart, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty clever. Yeah, I like that as well. Uh, Myrtle you know, then composes herself a bit and that says to Blanche that the last time I saw her, she was fine. What happened, right? Mm -hmm. Blanche guesses this one is Klaus von Berlo, or Bulow. Yeah, that one I didn't recognize offhand. Did you guys look it up? Yeah, it's like um, there's a movie Reversal of Fortune. Is it a dude who you know, tried to kill his wife? Oh, okay. That was a real story, I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alan Dershowitz is the one who got him off or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, this is pre-OJ. Now, did, did they think that he actually did it and she just had a really good defense? or? Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think they're pretty sure that he did it or whatever. Interesting. Well, yeah, Klaus uh, was a British socialite 
convicted of murdering his wife, Sonny. Okay. So at some point he got, mm-hmm. you know, got his time. Mm-hmm. Myrtle uh, clarifies that she's uh, talking about Sophia and asks, you know, how she died. Blanche's face then goes blank, realizing that she doesn't know Sophia is still alive. Right. Blanche walks over to Rose and asks her if she uh, is certain that she stated this fact uh, in the invitations. Rose says that she's offended and asks, you know, how dumb do you think I am? Rose starts to think, though, and kind of stammers. And uh, she uh, tries to kind of detail all this stuff. But then before that, she's, she says, I made the hors d'oeuvres. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, I think said she made the freaking hors d'oeuvres. Give me a break, and then goes on a little bit later. I'm to say I made the freaking punch and I made the freaking decorations. She does say that. Thought it was solid. Yeah. Uh, Blanche continues that everyone at the wake believes Sophia has passed away, and that they'll you know have to correct this or yeah they'll have to correct it quickly. But just then Sophia enters with a smile, thanking everyone for coming. She asks how they like her dress. One woman faints, and everyone else gasps. Sophia quips, "Well, excuse me for buying off the rack." Mm-hmm. Myrtle tells her that she thought she had been that she had died. Sophia then uh, says, "Hold that thought." Uh, she instantly realizes that Rose forgot to uh, mention some important details in the invites. She walks over to her and confronts her. Rose simply says, "As you said, uh, I made the freaking punch and I made the freaking decorations." Mm-hmm. The attendees are clearly not happy, asking if this is some kind of sick joke. Rose calms them down, saying that there has been some miscommunication, but that the point of the gathering is to celebrate Sophia's life, and that it's uh, fortunate that she's still with them to hear their thoughts about her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Myrtle says that she'll go first. She explains that she drove 30 miles and Mm -hmm. missed a full day of work, and it's uh, selfish of her not to be dead. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, solid. The ugly hat lady admits that she didn't Mm -hmm. have any other plans, (laughs) but is still PO'd. Right. Uh, everyone files out of the front door. Blanche points out that, hey, at least you know they all came and were sad when they thought you were dead. Uh, Sophia agrees, you know, this is a bit of a plus. At least they cared, but still wishes it hadn't had, had gone better. I think she says she wished it wasn't a disaster. Right. Uh, ever cheerful, though, Rose points out that uh, on the bright side, you'll have another chance to get it right. Yeah. Like, she'll have another <laughs> way. Right. Yeah. And that was actually my favorite line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, excuse me. We have another scene change. Dorothy is walking into the bar, and everyone yells her name, much like they did for Blanche previously, uh, or Norm at Cheers. Right. <laughs> Dorothy uh, makes some uh, clever quips to the boys while ordering a beer. Uh, when Blanche asks, "You know, what about me?" a man yells, "Yeah, close the door." Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, we see that Rose and Sophia are with them. Blanche comments that she wanted them to see firsthand. You know, how the tone of the bar has shifted to revolve around Dorothy. Blanche is wearing a suspicious trench coat all tied up tightly at the waist. The girls take a seat at a table, and Blanche begins to recite uh, her self-affirmation, saying, I am Blanche Devereaux. I am beautiful. Men find me desirable. And, oh, my life is over. Yeah. Then Rose makes a side comment to Sophia that, man, when the mass falls, it really makes a thud. Mm-hmm. Was that a reference to something that you know of? Not that I know of. Yeah. I think she's just saying when, like, when like she reveals her yeah. insecurities or something. Mm-hmm. Really, it's heavier than. Hey, I just didn't know. It sounded it, just the way that she phrased it. It may have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did look it up, but I don't know if it's. Mm-hmm. Sophia gets uh, 
I was going to, but it was Bianca's turn. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a little off. Thomas usually handles those references. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia gets a bit choked up, though, realizing that after 60 years of prayer to God, her daughter is finally popular. Mm. She looks up and says, you know, per their agreement, she'll be off to Calcutta now to work with the poor. Uh, she then exits to where I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, Blanche then stands up, walks into the crowd of men, and says that, you know, maybe she wants to sing too. A man says to her that in seven years of coming to this bar, the only thing he's ever seen her do on the piano is, and then man is instantly cut off, and the other guy says, hey, there's a lady present. Yeah. And I think even Dorothy says, thank you. <laughs> uh, she takes off her coat and drops it to the ground, revealing this red sparkly dress. Uh, she then gets up on the piano and sings a rendition of I Want to Be Loved by You, which is an old Marilyn Monroe song, also famous by Betty Boop. Mm -hmm. uh, in an effort to, to be over the top, she kicks off a shoe, ends up tripping over the microphone cord, sits on a man's lap who had recently had hip surgery, right, uh, and then swings the mic around dangerously, nearly uh, injuring bar patrons. Then she stops and runs to the back room in embarrassment. Mm -hmm. uh, Rose sees the unattended mic, Picks it up and starts a racism joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, worried about her friend. Oh, chain scene. <laughs> worried about her friend, Dorothy follows Blanche into the women's restroom. Uh, when Dorothy inquires what is wrong, Blanche says, to him, hey, the rusty anchor is my place, not yours. Dorothy reminds her that she would practically begged her to come there uh, with her and get a life. And Blanche clarifies that she didn't want her to take her life. Uh, Blanche tells her, that her friend, that uh, she'd never try to steal her special place, like going to sing at the library. Right. Dorothy, having uh, enjoyed the recent attention, says that she hadn't realized how Blanche felt and apologizes. Dorothy turns to leave, but Blanche tells her that she's jealous of her. Uh, she says, <clears throat> I'm sorry, she was used to always being the center of attention, but when Dorothy sang to the group, uh, she drew the men to her. She tells her that she lights up the room, she says, you positively glow. You're beautiful. Dorothy tells her that she doesn't have to say such things, and Blanche admits that it's hard for her to say those things. <laughs> but again, says that, you know, hey, I'm jealous of you. I like that she says that most of the time when I compliment you, I'm not being sincere. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy tells her that's the nicest thing she's ever said to her, and then, you know, Blanche kind of is incredulous but thinks back for a moment and says, yeah, many of my compliments really are insincere. <laughs> Uh, but this one is fully honest, right? Yeah. She says she squares it. Dorothy tells her that, that the bar isn't worth risking their friendship over. And uh, Blanche asks if she'll stop coming, but Dorothy says no. Yeah. She suggests, though, that they create a trade-off schedule so that they never are competing or are trying to outshine one another. Uh, they decide to have a, a three days and three days <coughs> kind of uh, schedule so that three will take one, day, one set of days yeah. versus the other. And then she's like, oh, but what about Sunday? Blanche explains that, uh, oh, the men are drunk and rowdy on Sunday, having watched football all day. And so clearly she will take Sundays. Right, yeah. Uh, they hug and uh, fix their makeup. Blanche asks Dorothy if she's ever jealous of her. Dorothy says, every day of my life. Mm -hmm. They decide to go out and perform a duet. And Blanche uh, suggests uh, if she knows Cry Me a River. Dorothy does not know it, so Blanche decides, well, that's the one they'll do. <laughs> and that's the end. We do have a post-credit scene. We see Dorothy uh, entertain the men uh, with another verse of 
hard-hearted Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I will go on record as saying I think that was Blanche's most attractive outfit that she's ever worn on the show. Really, mm-hmm. I didn't much care for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't know because I felt like it was like a, I don't know, the kind of sexy type outfit that Blanche likes to wear, mm-hmm. but not too um, mm-hmm. revealing. I don't know. I felt like it was the right type of outfit for someone in their fifties wanting to look sexy. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyways, well, we did have a bunch of guest actors in that episode. Um, Jane Dulo, she played Myrtle oh, yeah. in 94 episodes or 94, excuse me, titles for her. This is her only golden girl and her very last credit. Mm. Um, and she had quite a few spots, I mean, not things that I think she would have been known for per se, but mm-hmm. um, just throughout the years, she was in a lot of big shows. She was in wonder years, night court, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, Facts of Life, um, eight episodes of Give Me a Break. Man, then you all go, these are heavy hitters, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then like Different Strokes, Three's Company. Then go back a little further, she was in My Three Sons and uh, I Dream of Jeannie and That <laughs> Girl. Back a little further, she was in The Dick Van Dyke Show, Andy Griffith, and Leave it to Beaver. Man. So yeah, she's in really big shows, like mm-hmm. you know, an episode or two in most of them, not to where you would probably be like, oh, I remember her from such yeah. and such, unless you were a huge fan of that one yeah. show. Mm-hmm. But sure it was just like, yeah, an impressive uh, group of credits. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had Ann Nelson. She played Eva. Mm-hmm. 35 titles for her. This is her only Golden Girls. Uh, she did have 112 episodes of fame as uh, Mrs. Berg. Mm. And she was in both Airplanes, Airplane 1 and Airplane 2, the sequel. Mm. Is that the lady with the ugly hat? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Because I don't know if they ever said her name. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but mm-hmm. maybe they did. Then we had a Don Meralt. He played, um, he was the piano player. Yeah. Um, this was actually his second of two Golden Girls. Uh, we saw him on season six, episode 13, The Bloom is Off the Rose. Mm. He was the flight instructor in mm. that one. Um, then we had, or not flight instructor, but the parachute, whatever mm-hmm. instructor guy. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he was at the end. He was real brief, probably. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then we had a Warren Munson. He played Frank. Mm-hmm. 124 titles for him. His only Golden Girls. He had a couple episodes of Star Trek Voyager as Admiral Paris. Another episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation as Admiral Marcus Holt. And uh, one episode of Brent's favorite 90s sitcom, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. <laughs> that has to be the worst name of any <laughs> sitcom that I've ever seen during our lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> the... Um, was Brian Reynolds, did he play Berg? On two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. It was Berg, the other guy. I don't remember, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I remember the show being on only because of the oddball name that it had, mm-hmm. but I don't have yeah, any other knowledge of the it. show. Yeah, I don't think I ever seen saw an episode. It's a really good show. Um, so I had Ryan Reynolds and Trailer Howard and Nathan Fillion, and then the other guy. And I think the other guy played Berg. Okay. Let me, let me double check. Some big names right yeah. there. Let's see. I just want to double check before I, you know, say my favorite thing about that. Okay, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds played Berg on Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place. Um, and then, do you guys remember who played Berg's dad? No. Two I Guys, don't. A Girl, and a Pizza Place? We just talked about him. Uh, I, I'm assuming Andy Rooney? No. <laughs> Steve Landisberg. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was very nice. No, I did not I did not know that. Like I said, yeah. I'd never watched an episode of the show to mm-hmm. my memory it's anyway. Trailer Howard was, you know, before she'd had Boston Common and obviously Monk. Okay. I used to carry a torch for her. You carried a lot of torches in your day. Yeah. Trailer Howard deserved it. 
I, I don't know who Trailer Howard is offhand. Oh, she was in Two Guys Are Going to Pizza Place. <laughs> was she the girl in Pizza Place? <laughs> you know, like, so the two guys, the girl in the Pizza Place, okay? Mm-hmm. And Nathan Fillion was none of them. Ah. <laughs> like, he was a third guy. <laughs> um, we had a couple more guest actors. We had uh, Kevin Britt. He played Roger. 149 titles <laughs> for him. This is his only Golden Girls. Another person with a lot of big uh, credits, uh, Supernatural, mm-hmm. Dexter, Justified, a couple episodes of The Big Bang Theory, a yeah. um, couple episodes of Malcolm in the Middle, mm-hmm. and he did have two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise as mm-hmm. uh, Narg, I think, I can't mm-hmm. remember, um, and then Friends, everybody loves Raymond, and of course, more, but again, yeah. a lot of pretty impressive credits mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of things he wouldn't be known for at all. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Gregory White, he played the bartender. 65 titles for him. This is only Golden Girls. Uh, he was on an episode of Parks and Rec, a couple episodes of Friends, Malcolm in the Middle, and King of Queens, among other things. Mm-hmm. So, again, a lot of good size credits for those guys, but, um, but yeah, I still feel like the most... A lot of them are pretty bit roles, though. The only one yeah. that was major, I thought, was the piano guy. Yeah, um, and none of the, the people who... None of their prior Maybe roles Myrtle. either were big things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that Myrtle had the most impressive IMDb overall. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I meant just lines in the in this episode. Right, exactly. So, so Ski, uh, did you have somebody who stood out as your MVP this episode? I thought I had to go to Dorothy. Honestly, as I said, the episode was very focused around her. It gave a good chance for her to kind of show off some of her un, her often unused talent. See, I went the other way with it. I went with Blanche. Um, I mean, I thought Dorothy did great too, but Blanche was the one who, especially her uh, their monologue there at the end, talking about how great Dorothy yeah, was. Yeah, it was very sweet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. How about you, Brent? Who uh, who won your MVP? Oh, the piano player, definitely. Okay. I think he's just a fantastic actor. Very nice. And uh, and then to follow that up, how many slices of cheesecake did you give it, Brent? Oh, like three and a half. Oh, you didn't like the episode? I, yeah, that was fine. Oh, I actually really liked it. And I feel like that scene of Blanche's is one of her most iconic scenes of the whole series. Really? Yeah, or I want to mm. be loved by you. I don't necessarily love it, but I feel like it's a very famous scene from the series. Yeah. Um, I just... <clears throat> yeah, I just didn't much care for it. It's one of those things that I'm fine with, you know, Blanche trolling for D, mm-hmm. just because... <laughs> So much of her validations based upon like the attention of gentlemen, yeah. but I always thought that Dorothy was above that, yeah. and that her self worth wasn't really determined by how many dudes she could pick up at the rusty anchor. Well, I don't <laughs> think it necessarily overall is, but I think it's something that uh, gives it a boost here and there. Like I don't really think she's going there three days a week mm-hmm. um, for a consistent period of time, mm-hmm. but I think knowing she could go there mm-hmm. and get some attention from a guy, yeah, just the knowledge of it probably gives her the boost. Yeah, so. yeah, I think just. Feeling popular maybe is what gave it to her versus like the fact that it was necessarily all men. But yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, and maybe this is just you know my own ignorance or whatever. But I'd have to Probably. think like you know, a lady in a bar is going to be able to pick up at least one dude. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those too. things that well, especially a bar that literally men. yeah that it's all men. Yeah, exactly. For, all seemingly single, they're yeah. at least not there with somebody else. I agree. I definitely don't think that Alan would have been walking away, um, considering the Pickens were just mm-hmm. the two. <laughs> so well, very. Slim. Wasn't there to oh, you talk about the other Alan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thought you're talking about yourself in the no, third no. person. <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't have been in the bar to begin with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, gotcha. so well, he I didn't like his anchors rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shiny anchor. Uh-huh. Brand new, barely touched the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I'm on the other end of the spectrum from Brent. I gave it a seven. I really oh, yeah. enjoyed it. Um, how about you, Stewart? Do fall? I give it a six. I liked six. it too. I said uh, <laughs> while we've seen several jealousy related episodes, uh, this one was uh, well done, and I liked how it was. It ended nicely between Dorothy and Blanche. Yeah, yeah, I agree, but I won't be competing for the best of the of the season. I don't think, um, but at least two of the three of us enjoyed it, but. Unfortunately, the undercover CEO. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes care of all of the main business that we have. Uh, how about uh, any story time for us here, Steve? We do have one. Yay. Uh, this one I kind of cranked out right at the end, so if it seems unfinished, <laughs> there's a good reason. <laughs> it's always nice when Ski cranks one out for our listeners. Exactly. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here waiting for him to show up. <laughs> Should have known you were just cranking one out. You know, you gotta take care of business. Runs in with a drip of sweat coming from his brow. <laughs> God, I hope that's sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, better than a drip of something else. Yeah. All right, once upon a time in St. Olaf. Uh, much like the theme of jealousy and the stealing of others' perceived glory we saw in today's episode, Rose and a good friend from St. Olaf once competed for the attention of the town. If you'll recall, St. Olaf was dubbed. Big statue country, as uh, stated on the local license plates. Right. While Rose never pursued sculpting professionally, she was fairly skilled, having taken a few classes in high school. St. Olaf had a yearly contest in which amateurs carved and molded tribute statues out of congealed whale blubber. Mm. And I wish I'd have made it seem like a lutefisk paste or something. Yeah. To be more uh, in line with the episode, but... That's yeah, I mean, a whale blubber is an odd thing for a landlocked um, <laughs> state. But. Well, it was pretty common for, like, oil to be yeah. used for, like, heating, so. Fair enough. It's a very cold state, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, so, yeah, what is that? Oh, yeah. Talk about narwhal cartilage. St. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf had a yearly contest in which amateurs carved and molded tribute statues out of congealed whale blubber. The idea was to pick an existing statue from around town, then, the contestants had four hours to recreate the statue out of the slippery, smelly, and somewhat disgusting material. Mm-hmm. Rose's friend Helga was a perennial winner of this contest, but Rose always showed up and gave her best effort. This year, Rose realized that every uh, year she chose statues that were too complex and difficult to mimic. She masterfully figured out that this year she would pick a statue she could quickly and accurately remake. The contest was scored uh, points for faithful recreation, speed, efficient use of the blubber, not uh, waste not, want not, mm-hmm. and personal hairstyle. Ah, very nice. Now, would this be the personal hairstyle of the of the person who is yes, uh, sculpting? the sculptor. The sculptor. Okay. St. Olaf had an obelisk-shaped statue that very much resembled the Washington Monument, uh, dubbed the St. Olaf Pointy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, nobody had ever thought to make that one, likely because they thought it was too simplistic and it didn't meet the spirit of the requirement. Uh, the day of the competition arrived, Rose gathered her bucket of blubber, moved to her workstation, and got to work. Mm-hmm. She, fished, uh, she finished way before anyone else, did a pretty good job of depicting Old Pointy, was very concerned with her use of blubber, using far less than the next closest competitor, and her hair was flawless that day. As always. In Uh fact, she'd spent more time on her hair than the sculpture. (laughs) Uh, It looked like Rose had easily won the competition. Helga was piping mad as this would have been her fifth repeat win. 
Her stature was quite good, and she scored second in points. Ultimately, though, the judges decided that St. Olaf Pointy was too simplistic and didn't meet the spirit of the requirement. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rose was disqualified, and Helga won her fifth sculpting title. Rose was disappointed, but looked fabulous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very <end>. nice. <laughs> Poor yeah. Rose. Always the bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm-hmm. Yep, when it comes I to almost the let her local win, competitions. I, yeah. I almost let her win, but then I remember the... the Spirit of the competition? Well, the, the episode coming up, she wins something. Ah, okay. It says she never wins. So Fair. I Boy. didn't want to preemptively negate something that we haven't heard. Uh, I think when the, you know, the sculpting contest ended, you know, she went home to Charlie, and she won for the next 12 hours. Right. <laughs> That's right, yes. With old pointy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, well, Jesus, have you guys uh, another nice set, another <laughs> nice set to say to Olaf, by the way. Thank and you. a good joke there at the end. Yeah. Brendan didn't give it the props, but I thought it was solid. Yeah. I almost never give the jokes the props because I'm not as good of a, a <laughs> laugher as either of you. But I feel bad when you tell a good joke and Brent doesn't give you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Brent just didn't like the crudeness of your old pointy joke. It's all right. <laughs> Not for everybody. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> well done. All right. Well, um, I guess if there's nothing else to do, then uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.